Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the discovery of self has put a show away. With a thousand plus archive shows and new shows coming to you every Tuesday, we bring you illuminating people from around the globe. Visit our store for their services and books and enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today are Dr. Ron and Mary Hulnick. Remember the light within, a course in self, soul-centered living. I'm very happy to see that they're mentoring the soul because a lot of people seem to ignore it. It's that divine connection that we have with being, with understanding, with our truth. And very often people kind of get stuck at the heart and forget the soul is kind of the energy, the igniter, the fuel that fuels the heart and the spirit and the mind into knowingness. The book that they have written, Remember the Light Within, reminds us that love is as, as essential nature, creating a radical shift in perception in our life's purpose from two leading experts in spiritual psychology. Very happy to see spiritual psychology as well. Again, something that is very, very much ignored. Um, we really need to shift radically into a different uh, perception, one that may challenge and profound and alter the idea of who we are and what purpose we're serving on this planet. And it is a time to step into purpose. We have abstained for far too long and handing over our power to other people. And the empowerment lies within that soul, that heart and that spirit. And uh, we are the answer that we seek. We just need to simply switch in uh, and live from the inside out. So let's take this wonderful journey with them, uh, the new book that they have and all the wonderful work that they do and uh, see if we can discover and ignite our own soul. Welcome to the show. Uh, Ron and Mary. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's really a pleasure. Well, you know, as I say, soul-centered. A lot of people seem to miss that, you know, and um, kind of they quite don't understand what is the soul. Uh, there's a lot of misconception on it. So perhaps you could share, you know, what the soul is from your each of your perspectives. Well, the way that um, that we perceive it, the soul is really who, or more accurately, what we are. It is the energy stream. It would be like um, if the ocean is all of creation, then each drop would be a soul. So it embodies that which is the basic building block of all of creation. At the same time, it has its unique expression. Mm -hmm. and the soul is our essential spiritual nature. And when we begin awakening more fully into that awareness, we have the experience of our own consciousness as unconditionally loving. We can tap into extraordinary wisdom, creativity, uh, inspiration, compassion, and it just changes everything. It, uh, I think that is what is perhaps the most powerful recognition for people, that that which they are seeking is already present inside of them, and that their opportunity is really to awaken more fully into it. And part of that occurs through dissolving the barriers that exist within us to that awareness. So it's like we're all wearing very heavy glasses, sunglasses, if we were out in the sun, that prevent us from seeing uh, what's really there. But if we learn how to remove the glasses, or at least take them, take them down one shade at a time, which is the way most people do it, uh, all of a sudden you see the light that was always there. It's very akin to that process. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you speak my language when you talk about the ocean. You know, people think that, you know, one drop in the ocean, you know, that, that is who you are. You're a drop, you're a grain of sand, you know, uh, but, you know, we're so insignificant. No, the ocean would be nothing without each of our drops. Um, that's right. You know, and that's something we need to understand is when we're talking about the collective, we're not talking about the Star, Star Trek Borg, you know, becoming a mindless one. Yeah. It, it is stepping into the consciousness of our collective and each one of us like a cellular structure you know bring that importance uh, of our of our purpose 
to the equation, to, to humanity, to the universe. And we need to step into our soul awareness, our soul ownership, and participate in life and contribute to life, because that's what we're here for, isn't it? Well, that's the way that we see it. Uh, in fact, our perspective is that the way that everything is set up, it's specifically and beautifully designed so that each of us can have the opportunity to awaken more fully into the essence of what it is that we choose. That's why the title of our first book, uh, Loyalty to Your Soul. And Sarah, the, the other thing that to me is an amazing metaphor, if you think about the cells within the human body and mm -hmm. how they cooperate together to create, for example, a spine and the organs and our brain and all of the incredible elements that make up a physical body, uh, we as humanity have the opportunity to come into that kind of cooperation with each other and uh, to live our lives in greater levels of meaning, fulfillment, purpose, and uh, to realize more, uh, more a global consciousness of awakening as well as our individual awakening. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, going back to that cellular structure of the body, you know, um, when we allow contamination to come in, the cellular structure breaks down and henceforth disease comes forth. Um, and we really can look at that metaphorically for the world at the present moment, can't we? We've allowed our cellular structure to break down. And, you know, we're seeing a great deal of discord and disease in the world that uh, we need to address. Um, some of it simply needs to be deleted and some of it needs to be made well again. But it, it is not an, an individual process. It's a collective process, isn't it? Well, yes, and... Um, there are two ways that, that uh, a person can perceive uh, as they look out into the world. And we have been taught one way, basically, as human beings in our level of, uh, let's call it evolution on this planet at this time. And that is we, we determine uh, results based on what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. But we don't have experience out there where we experience is within we exp we have the you never you never experience a sunset in the sunset you experience it inside yourself yes so in a very similar way we experience everything else that's happening out in the world through the interpretation of what we make of it when it happens that interpretation is what determines the the experience that we are going to have about that thing. And so the purpose of the thing is not to create change here on the planet, although that is something that, of course, everyone is concerned about, and rightly so. But the real inherent purpose of a soul-centered approach is that you use your life for purposes of awakening more fully into the awareness of the magnificent soul and loving essence that you already are. And, you know, part of one of <clears throat> our uh, mantras, so to speak, at USM is transform your consciousness, transform your life, transform <clears throat> your world. That the work really begins from the inside mm -hmm. out. As we become more awake and more conscious, then we're going to relate with others and relate with the world and our environment in more healthy ways and ways that serve the collective of all humanity and from my point of view that is so enheartening it is uh, something that we have witnessed with the 5500 graduates of the University of Santa Monica's programs over more than the last 30 years that they become contributing members of the collective and there is a tremendous ripple effect then that goes out into the world in terms of what they are inspired to do and the meaningful contribution that they make. So what happens outside in the world is really a result of the degree to which humanity is evolving, which is something that happens on the inside. So it's an interesting kind of thing, isn't it? 
it's actually a, you know everybody is chasing something aren't they you know right. they're looking for someone to love them they're looking for someone to give them purpose that you know what's the meaning of life well if you stop chasing outside and you start listening from within you would understand that connection i call it the knowingness you know when the soul is spoken to with that beautiful divine message divine energy coming from that universe it then resonates with the heart in understanding and it goes to the spirit into action and your mind knows what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it and it, it trusts and completely uh, understands without any need of validation that knowingness but we're so busy um, trying to validate prove um, explain instead of just trusting that beautiful divine intellect that uh, we end up kind of conflicting ourselves it's hard for though the human being to kind of trust that inner message though isn't it because they have been so detached for so long yes and this this is so integral to our work and i love what you're saying about listening in the silence mm -hmm. listening to to slow down you know i'm a doing a daily practice right now myself that has to do with deep listening in the silence, listening for the wisdom of the soul, listening for those love notes from the silence. And part of what we work with people is to teach them that slowing down and spending time in the silence and deep listening with the intention to hear the messages from their soul, from their higher self, is one of the most simple and profound ways to support ourselves in our awakening and of realizing that that which we're seeking is already present inside of us. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to seek for something you already have. Yes, <laughs> especially if you're looking out and <laughs> not looking in. No. Yes, yeah. yes. If you're, if you're looking out, you're going down a rabbit trail. Yeah. You have a lovely terminology here, which I love, is spiritual amnesia. Um, you know, I, I really do enjoy that. And, you know, again, a lot of the time when you talk about spirituality, everybody thinks you're cross-legged and going hum-ha, you know, or abstaining from any reality of life. You know, when we step into that spirituality, when we step into our soul purpose, we are actually truly understanding the meaning of life and, uh, and are participants of life. But it's... The word even spirituality has become something that's been very misconstrued, hasn't it? Yes, uh, we would completely agree with that because we are divine beings having a human experience mm. and the process of awakening is waking up into the awareness of our essential nature and then, from my point of view, living life from that place which allows us to come into a greater knowing and harmony with our life purpose, with our giftedness, and the ways that we can participate in life and, and contribute to life, and, and just on so many different levels. And each person's gifts and contribution are unique, and all of them are valuable and important. The other thing that I think it's um, important to remember is that uh, it's not that you... How can I say It's not that you just go live in a cave somewhere. Uh, I've always said I know I'm not ready for that because I'd require that my cave has a good coffee shop right there. 100% with you. The idea is that, that <laughs> if you're living in physical world reality, and this is where it's like the action gets, the results get played out, so you have a spiritual experience, and you, you have the experience of yourself in a more loving place. And then your task is to go out and live your life more from that place. Yeah. Yeah. The more that you live your life from a loving place, the more the quality of your life will tend to improve. But it still means that you make choices that have consequences on this level. If you overeat, you will gain weight, regardless of what your uh, particular spiritual orientation is. It's choice is consequences. But in exactly the same way, 
you can learn how to make choices that take off the lenses from in front of our eyes. And those are the kinds of choices that we specialize in. This whole matter of the spiritual amnesia, it's like we really have forgotten our essential nature. We have forgotten why we came to Earth in the first place. Mm-hmm. And psychology, as it was originally intended, was to assist people in that process of remembering why they are here. But unfortunately, many people have forgotten that the word psyche means soul. Mm-hmm. And that and psychology has now become the study of mind and behavior rather than this process of helping people remember their essential soul nature. And it's not surprising that it did that because psychology wanted to be a science. Well, you can't really scientifically, uh, in physical world reality, study spirit because it doesn't exist in that reality. You can study mind, you can study thoughts, you can study behavior, certainly. And so it went into that kind of a, uh, of a system. Uh, and that's in harmony with our whole medical profession. Yes. But yes. really, this is the reason why we call it spiritual psychology. It's an attempt to bring it back to why it was inspired in the first place, because humanity forgot why it was here. Yeah, I, I know myself from past life um, memories that, you know, I, I came here as, as, a, as a soul awakener, as a spiritual teacher, and have been that for many, many lifetimes, and persecuted uh, for it as well. Um, but, you know, we, we are what we're designed to do, you know, no matter which lifetime, our DNA design of what our purpose is, you know, is here each lifetime. And, you know, no matter what the obstacles, we are always compelled to find that purpose, you know, uh, and to to a- to actually implement it, no matter what the obstacles are. Um, I- I've interviewed an awful lot of kind of quantum physics people, and it was very, very interesting because they're beginning to actually understand that spirituality is a measurement of energy, and they actually understand that. So they're beginning to understand that we are free uh, frequency beings energy beings that everything we're riding on is this beautiful energy wave you know this divine energy wave and it's opening up that perspective of understanding it's not science versus spirituality I, you know it is all one we are all energy i'm glad uh, to hear you say that because that's been one of my uh, pet areas of investigation and i was very enheartened when I started reading about the experiments where they would go deeper and deeper with electronic microscopes into the nature of physical matter. And when they got down past the atomic level and they kept going deeper, lo and behold, what they found was that there was all that remained were clouds of energy. Mm-hmm. And not only were there clouds of energy, but the clouds of energy seemed to appear and disappear and move around at random. There was no, there was no uh, uh, order to it that, that they could see. And so they pondered this for a while, and um, they came up to the, with the realization that there was only one thing that remained constant in all of these scientific experiments, and that was the consciousness of the observer who was observing these different phenomena. And so that's when they had the realization, oh, my God, that what this is really all about is observers seeing things, but the things are not, uh, they don't have substance. They're, they're not quantum. Mm-hmm. And so the latest uh, iteration is they are now starting to move into what they call qualia physics, qualia, that we're not looking at the substance of things. We're looking at the quality of the thing. Mm. And now they're starting. Now it's starting to get down to a level where they might actually make some progress. Well, I think also um, someone who has contributed greatly to this is David Hawkins mm-hmm. with his yes. levels of consciousness and the fact that we have uh, uh, different levels of the energy within us and our vibrational frequency attracts certain kinds of experiences and this is part of the work that we do uh, with our students in the program 
is a system in identifying some of what the crystallized energy patterns are within their own mental and emotional energy field, if you will, and the unconscious as well, and to assist them in finding the ways to bring those to conscious awareness and to heal them, to release them, so that their vibrational frequency can increase and they can awaken more into the experience and awareness of their essential loving nature. It's so liberating. Mm -hmm. And this is very, very, very important uh, at this stage in what the world is experiencing right now because from a mystical point of view, uh, we're at a very, very, very unique point in the evolution of human consciousness. Uh, we're at the end of uh, basically a, about a 24 to 26,000 year cycle, which in the Eastern system is called the Yuga, Y-U-G-A. You're probably familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And things are changing at an extremely rapid rate. And so, for example, we have the recent election and it has unleashed a tremendous amount of, let's call it, pent-up anger. Mm -hmm. And then the way that uh, people tend, because of the way that we've largely been programmed as we were growing up, we don't want, or our ego doesn't want to acknowledge that we have anger inside of ourselves, because that's perceived as a negative thing. And so what we do is we project it out onto circumstances and say we have a good reason. This was uh, uh, Carl Jung's whole contribution of projections. And so here we have uh, millions of angry people who are very, very upset with this aspect or that aspect of the government or global warming or, you know, or whatever, uh, whatever the subject of, of the day happens to be. And they feel very justified in having that anger because this thing that they're looking at is so obviously uh, a negative thing. But what they haven't considered, because very few of us have been taught this, they haven't considered that when they get angry, all they are really doing is adding to the sum total of the anger that's already present on the planet. They think they're doing something laudable, but actually they're simply adding to the sum total of the war that exists on these levels. And so our perspective is no matter what it is that you are thinking is disturbing your peace, the way that you will really learn from this and grow from this and have deeper spiritual experiences is you must take responsibility for that anger as coming from inside of you which is telling you that there's an unresolved issue within. And once you heal that unresolved issue, you are free of that anger. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't protest and you won't uh, right. take action, but the difference is you won't take the action from an angry place. You'll take the action from a more loving place. Yeah. And that makes all the difference in the world. 100%. Um, you know, one of my favorite songs at the present moment is Rise Up by Andrea Day. And it's not the rise up with the pitchforks. It's rise up arm in arm with, you know, a raised vibration of love and kindness. You know, yes. no, no matter your creed, sex or anything else, it's got nothing to do with what container you've come in. It's an no. invitation for the soul and the spirits and the hearts to unite. And in raising up in a symphony, um, in a harmony that's so transcending and so inviting, we will actually change everything that's going on with that vibration. But we have to do it together. Well, we have to do it together, and we it can only change if the collective vibration goes up. Yeah. And that's what you're really talking about. Yeah. And if the, to the degree the collective vibration goes up, it will change by itself. Yes, exactly. 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 It's such an exciting time to be alive because there's uh, so much more awareness. And to us, it just seems as though the, there is a global awakening occurring that so many more people are moving into greater awareness 
of these spiritual <clears throat> principles and of awareness that this is a, this is a, a group action. It's our own individual responsibility. But then this opportunity to join with others, and even if we're not physically able because of our particular situation or circumstances, nonetheless, we are part of the collective that is lifting the consciousness on this planet. It's all a matter of choice, isn't it? You know, what we choose to feed, you know, what we feed will grow. If we're going to feed the anger, it's going to grow. If we feed the peace, and of course, we cannot have global peace until we have inner peace. It's that inner peace that you bring to the table that then resonates and invites the global peace. Um, With all the shows that I've done here on Self-Discovery Radio, uh, you know, people who haven't yet kind of embraced this journey, and they say, but how can you have hope? You know, how how can we even look to t- tomorrow's? You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And I said, because that's all you're choosing to be fed by. But I have got 1,800 shows here of people who have redirected, who have embraced that spiritual, uh, meaningful purpose in life, who are contributing to humanity. It's not going to make the CNN news. But if no. you, no. right, <laughs> no. if you have but to listen to it, you know, we're, we're an underground movement here, right? We have to literally at the vibrational level, tune into that vibrational level and you'll find the shows, your university, the books, the knowledge, the people that are already changing the frequency, that are already changing the vibration and just jump in on their wave and ride with them. Yes, yes. And uh, Sarah, we couldn't agree with you more and we love that you are doing this show and that you are obviously so uh, enthusiastic and intentional in what you're doing. And, and to us, each person in each life matters. Yes. And we do have a choice about how we're going to look at life. Are we going to look through the distortion of our unresolved issues and the, the um, suffering and anguish that we have not yet addressed within our own consciousness, which can very much cloud the lens of perception, or are we going to do the inner work necessary and recognize the authentic empowerment that comes from the soul as we clarify and resolve these things, and and that each person does matter. Each yes. one of us does make a difference. You know, when, uh, when people talk to us about... Um, but don't you see what's happening in the world? Look mm-hmm. at uh, all of the anger and all of the negativity that's coming forward. I mean, the, the, we're going to, to hell in a handbasket. Uh, our response to that is, uh, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I mean, do you, <laughs> are you certain of this? Can you validate might, this information? Yes. <laughs> yeah, might, might you consider the possibility that all of this, all of this anger, all of this energy that is emerging is emerging precisely because because we have grown to the place that we are ready to let it go. Yes. And so we look at it all as a huge opportunity. It's not a bad thing. It's like I've gone from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2. You know, let's look at children's movies. They had a beautiful movie a couple of years ago from the inside out that gave yeah. us permissions to have emotions, right? Because we're so busy yeah. suppressing them or getting caught up in one emotion like madness or sadness. You know, it's, it, emotions are a reaction to what's going on in your life at the present moment. Spend them and continue with the flow. But then, of course, you have this other one, let it go. Um, oh, gosh, what was the two sisters on the ice? I'm sure I haven't got the movie, but the song, let it go, which became kind of an anthem for people. Let yeah. it go. You know, as I take that heavy ho- coat of history that you've been carrying around with you for several lifetimes and no longer fits you, let it go and yeah, embrace yeah. what's here today because when you decide to immerse into the pool of love and kindness and caring, you understand what soul and spirit is. Yes, and people can let go of their misidentifications of themselves as a victim. Mm-hmm. The misidentification with these experiences, their personal history and recognize that they don't need to use those things to define themselves. In fact, this that we're talking about now, this learning to let go, 
because, as you well know, it's not something that someone says, oh, that's a great idea, I think I'll have that, like uh, as if I'll have the turkey sandwich over the chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, something that is, um, it's an entire reprogramming of your, yes. of your uh, consciousness operating system. Yeah. It's learning to look at life in a whole different way. And so uh, one of the things that we have found, and we have been engaged in, in doing this for the last 35-plus years, it is much uh, more effective if you can do this w- within a group. This is why the 12-step programs are so powerful, because the group comes together at a higher vibration that tends to pull everybody up. So when we have a class of 150 or 200 people, and everybody in there has the same goal, and that is awakening, and then they start to wake, uh, they start to work with each other in the ways that we have them do that because it's highly experiential, lo and behold, everybody starts to grow. It's like uh, you, you, you pour a, uh, a glass of water in the ocean and all the ships rise. But if you have a million glasses of water uh, pouring into the ocean, they, they rise quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. It's the energy begetting energy, isn't it? You know, it, you know. We know that when we when we're feeling upbeat, you know, we look to music or we look to parties or we look to something else, and you're riding that high, and you're feeling wonderful, and then all of a sudden you have this crash because you're not in that environment anymore. But when you're right, like energy people, like spirit, like soul people, you are maintaining that beautiful energy at a more consistent pace um, so that you're not going to have those crashes. You're going to learn to ride that wonderful energy all the time and have those beautiful flows of highs and little lowers, but never a crash. Well, I think that uh, Buddha put it this way. He said, if you seek to be a spiritual being, hang out in the community of spiritual beings. Yes. (laughs) If you hang out in the community of worldly beings, they will tend to pull you down. Amen. Oh gosh, Amen. don't I know Their that? <laughs> will tend to pull you down. Yep. Yes, yes, and and that's why we do our work in a large group format because the students become a community, and the graduates are an extended community, and there is this common shared understanding of the spiritual context of the process of awakening. The students utilize the principles and practices of spiritual psychology in their everyday lives. They support each other in doing that. And, and there is something incredibly wonderful about being with other like-minded, like-hearted individuals who are committed to their awakening. It's actually essential. Um, you know, I know that I've spent my entire life feeling you know, the fish out of water. I I just Mm -hmm. couldn't fit into the human realm. And it's really only in the last few years that we've seen this shift in dimensions and shifts in energy where, you know, suddenly my, you know, my purpose and my being could be seen, could be heard. Until then I was this freak of nature. And it's, you know, wonderful for me to speak with people like you where, you know, where we're the soul brothers and sisters. We understand that oneness of energy. yet it's still sometimes hard to find it within your community um, because you've still got the youngins that are tapping into spirituality and become very defensive over it and very territorial over it. They haven't yet learned to kind of embrace the wholeness of it. Um, And so it is essential that you find the like soul and like spirited people and, and work together and support one another because there's still that a lot of that you know that human friction out there that mm-hmm. can be you know rather offensive to us in a lot of ways because it can hurt. Yeah. Yes. And this is really one of the uh, the good things about where we are in this place of the history of human evolution, because more souls are coming onto the planet every day that have that higher level of functioning. Mm-hmm. For example. Uh, it's not uncommon that we'll have people in our class in their late 20s, early 30s, and they just know too much. 
I mean, they 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 got hard, they got wired into their operating system, so they move very 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 fast. But then there are those who uh, are more like the ones you talk about, and they look around the world and they can't fathom how they could possibly be here. Yes, because they know what they're about, but this place is so crazy, insofar as they're concerned, and unfortunately. Uh, not a small number of those wind up on the suicide charts. Mm-hmm. But it's heartening that uh, <clears throat> the end the end is assured because because again of the time we're living in, higher consciousness beings are continuing to come onto the planet, and the ones who have not gotten the lessons of this dispensation, when they die, they'll just have to wait till this lesson comes around again. Uh, you know, another 26,000 years or so, but that's not a long time in spirit. So not in spirit. In human, obviously, life, yes, <laughs> you know. Yes. But yes. And, you know, so we look at it as we, our job is just to do our part and not to get upset right. over all of the people who don't seem to be getting it. Who am I to say how fast they should be moving and what they should be getting and what they shouldn't be getting? My job is just to do my best, and then everybody gets what they get. I mean, we, we, we've all got a role, haven't we? I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. you, you can lead the horse <coughs> to water, but you can't make them drink. I, if they can't see the water, you know, whether they drank from it or not, still, they'll still be thirsty. Um, and it's just not their time. Or, you know, either they're unwilling or it's simply not <coughs> their time. They've got other lessons That's to right. learn before they can be there. And, uh, you know, I used to... You know, as a soul awakener, try and rescue people, and I realized the amount of energy that it sucked out of me. And there's yeah. certain people you can't rescue. You know, it's it's their life's journey to go through this. Yes. Um, yeah. And you can only help those that are saying, "I am ready, willing, and able." That's right. Yes, and uh, still, at times, will be called to be of service mm-hmm. and. You know, my point of view is that seeds are planted, even if if someone may not yet be ready to embrace this particular approach to life and and the greater awareness of who they truly are. I know we've had people who have been on the fringes of our work, maybe for 10, 12, 13 years. Sometimes I'm astonished at how long people have been aware of us and the university and the courses that we offer and then finally they make the move Mm -hmm. and of course some won't make this move in this lifetime and that's okay they have their own unique spiritual curriculum they are on their own timeline and part of what we uh, work to impart to our students is the importance of giving people the dignity of their process, yes. of really respecting <clears throat> them and their approach to life and their timeline. Yeah, I- exactly. They'll come to they'll come to the gate when they're ready. Um, and uh, you know that's it, when when I was a child, um, my brother and I were trying to save this rat from drowning itself. And every time we kind of re-diverted it back up the steps, it would find another way back into the water until eventually it did. And, you know, it really became an understanding that if that is that rat's purpose, then we can't be in the way of it. You know, you can try and save people, and some you do save, and you redirect them. But for some people, it's not their journey to be saved. They've they've been here, they've done their thing, they now have to go. And we have to accept that, you know. Um, And obviously, not take it on either, because if you couldn't save someone, you know, it's not your responsibility. Um, They just weren't ready, or it wasn't their their purpose to be uh, saved. And not only do we have to accept that, but we have to respect their choices. Yeah. Well, and as our spiritual teacher said, not one soul will be lost. Mm -hmm. And that there is eternal opportunity. And, you know, David Hawkins talked about that for many people, they only may grow five points in consciousness in a lifetime. And yet for people who are conscious, who are awakening, who are catching on, they can grow a great deal in a lifetime because they are receptive. They're, 
they're wanting to learn how what the, what this information is and how to utilize it in practical ways inside themselves and in their everyday lives, and they can move very quickly. I've interviewed a couple of children, and one of them wrote a book called 365 Days of um, Gratitude with a Positive Attitude, and I was expecting my show to kind of be, you know, on a different level. I was blown away at her articulation, and, you know, one of the beautiful things that came into it was just simply the divine simplicity of it you know it's like well if you're grateful for what you have even if it's a bad day there's a reason for it thank it and embrace another day and it's we as human beings have got to have overcomplicated things so much with this higher intellect that we've forgotten how to tune into the simplicity of life haven't we yes yes the ordinariness and the and blessedness that exists in the ordinariness and how gratitude is a, a great, great way, gateway to our essential nature and to a more meaningful and fulfilling life because it changes the eyes that we see through. Mm. Exactly. Th- there's a word uh, that keeps wanting to come up here through this conversation, and that is of sensuality. A lot of people look at sensuality as sexual. But when you look at it as sensuality, it is being tuned in to all of our senses, isn't it? Um, it's n- being able to see more clearly, to feel, to touch, to understand the touch more clearly. And I think if we all became a little more sensual, we would actually understand what our senses are speaking to us. Yes. And this is a time from our perspective, Sarah, where more and more people are awakening into the awareness of the sixth and seventh senses, the sixth sense being intuition, the seventh sense being direct knowing. And that relates to what you were speaking about earlier in this conversation Mm -hmm. about the ability to attune and to receive guidance, higher wisdom and guidance. And we all can. It's just a question, are we opening up those channels? You know, are, yes. we, are we letting oh. our intellect get in the way? Or are we just, you know, we don't always have to even understand the knowledge we get. We will understand what to do with it, right? Well, from our point of view, um, see, any time that you uh, read something or someone tells you something or uh, any of those methods of communication... Uh, what what you are really doing is you are being you are accepting an idea a possibility, but it's really knowing about. In order to know the real thing, the only way you can ever know it is through experience, mm-hmm. and that's why, rightly understood, the word education really stems from the word educare, which means. Uh, within to call forward to call forward from within and so education really is supposed to be about the calling forward from within of what is already there of course it's uh, totally gone into the notion that education is information sharing (coughs) excuse me (coughs) but it's really not that at all Mm -hmm. you can never know something through the sharing of information you can only know about. If you want to know something, you must experience. That's why all our, uh, all our uh, courses are highly experiential. Mm-hmm. And Butler Yates has a quote that I just love in this regard. He said, education is not the filling of a bucket. It's the lighting of a fire. You know, it's igniting that uh, inner awareness <coughs> and... Um, this whole thing of educari, to me, our role as teachers is to help evoke the awareness within the student of their essential nature and also to provide them with principles and practices, practical tools that they can use then to, to discover for themselves what a difference it makes to live their life awake and aware. You know, going going to education, when you think about it, is, you know, our brain is the CPU. Um, you know, our, our um, 
programming, you know, is um, the database, the software. Um, yes. And, you know, we, we carry a great deal of information, a lot of it useless. Um, and, you know, we feel that, oh, I really need to have this data heavy, like an encyclopedia walking around, constantly accessible. Everything that you've seen, read or done, you've already acknowledged there in the memory banks. When you are stepping into that knowingness, uh, you know, the, the intellect from within that comes out and then it extracts from the brain, you know, from the mind, what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. It's an understanding how to use that knowledge when you need to use it, right? It's an understanding of what that knowledge um, is used for, how to understand it. Otherwise, it's just knowledge. Until yeah. you know how to apply it and, and what its purpose is, it's just knowledge. It's an encyclopedia. Yes, and it, not only is it just knowledge, not only do you need to know how to use it, you need to understand what your uh, basic context is within which you're using it, because the spiritual context is much different from the everyday waking context. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, f uh, for example, uh, if you're standing on the ground and you see a plane going overhead at 30,000 feet, that's your context. You're standing on the ground, and there goes the plane. But if you're in the plane looking down at the ground, you're in a totally different context. Mm -hmm. And knowing what the knowing about the context that you're looking at makes all the difference. So, for example, uh, looking from the spiritual context, there is no such thing as right or wrong or good or evil. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a mind-blower for most people. Yep. Uh, because all of creation has purpose. It all serves purpose. And so we go back and forth in how we learn. The learning is up to us. And we can learn through negative experiences or we can learn through positive experiences. What spirit seems to care about is that we learn. And from our perspective, that makes uh, perfectly good sense and is a very accurate description of what seems to be going on here. The thing that determines whether a person is going to have a meaningful life or not is the way that they context their experience and then how they perceive in that context. That's crucial. Perception. The other, mm -hmm. yes, the other thing I would add here is that information is just information until it passes through the crucible of a person's own experience. Mm -hmm. And in that process, learning occurs and wisdom is gleaned. Hopefully. Yes, I mean, that would be... That it, it's when we emphasize a learning orientation to life so that we can look at our experiences we can, uh, and we can learn from them. And in our classroom, we say to the students, we're not telling you the, the truth. We don't know what that is. We're presenting you with the best information based on our experience, our wisdom, what we have learned. And our recommendation to you is try these things out. Find out how they work for you. Because that's how people develop mastery and become masterful and become masters, living masters. One of the, uh, maybe the most prominent principle that, uh, that we utilize in spiritual psychology uh, is that we say um, the issue is not what has happened. We say what's important is how you relate yes. to the issue. How you relate to what has happened is what really is the issue because that's the thing that you can work with because it's totally under your dominion. I mean, two big words here are relationship and communication. And, yes. you know, how we communicate with ourselves about our relationship yes. with ourselves, our relationship with other people, our relationship with things that happen to us. I it's all a communication that's either an inner dialogue or an outer dialogue that will then dictate what happens. Not only that, but where we really have a challenge 
is that so many of us have been brought up with the indoctrination that somehow we are unworthy. Yes. And we have to prove <laughs> human condition. our worthiness <laughs> somehow, uh, I guess through good works, or, and to some it's to the degree that the instant you do the, the first bad thing, you're condemned forever. Uh, it just doesn't really work that way. Mm. It's what we have is infinite opportunity to learn. There's no, there's no, uh, it doesn't matter in a way if you get an A or an F on a test. What matters is, did you learn from what it is that you're involved in? If you did, then everybody got an A in that, in that kind of a, of a system. It's the learning that counts, not the result. It's what you do with the knowledge, isn't it? I mean, I've come across some very highly intelligent people with degrees coming out of their yin-yang, but they can't hold an original conversation. It's reciting exactly. knowledge all the time, which I don't yeah. consider intelligence. It just means you have a damn good memory. You know, yeah. you know for <laughs> me, I find intelligent beings that, that can speak so-called between the lines and from the depths and, and see things that, uh, that are not so obvious. Yes, yes, and that is what, from our point of view, is so exciting about the process of awakening because just the inner revelation that comes and the unique expression of that revelation is, is the energy is so alive. It's not static and rigid and formulaic. It's, it's of an entirely different quality. And we find the, the energy in the classroom where that kind of aliveness is present it's just electric. You know, it catalyzes people, and it's feeding their spiritual hunger. To us, the, uh, the ideal student, or let's call it the true student, is the one who comes forward, and they don't necessarily have a predetermined doctrine that, they, that, they've, been, that they've been indoctrinated with. I mean, they may have a certain uh, level of what they've been taught, but more important, they have what we would call a beginner's mind, that they're willing to, um, to start out by saying, uh, I, I will consider any idea that you present me. I'm not locked into anything because that would be very presumptuous on my part. So I want to be open to all ideas. I want to be open to all other possibilities. I can always decide to disregard them if I don't like them, yeah. but at least let me consider them and not dismiss them because they don't, uh, they don't agree with something that I have uh, bought into a belief about with no evidence to back it up other than uh, somebody said it, and that's, my, that's the reference. We need to be more in discovery, don't we? I mean, you know, yeah. back to the to the you know the dialogue of food. You know, we have been a very meat and potatoes type, um, um, you know, appetite for many many years, and I think now we're opening up to the spices, you know, and the nuances and the different flavors and the different colors and the different textures of food, and we're realizing they can all dance together, you know, they can all be part of the same meal. And it's just what makes it so much more, ex um, you know, exploratory and exciting and wondrous because we discover there's so much more out there than we ever allowed ourselves to believe. Yeah. And the world is moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't tend to see it because, as you said earlier, that's not what catches the news. What catches the news is the way everything is coming apart at the seams. Yeah. Hysteria. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And hysteria is just one of these negative things that we go into because um, we are being presented with evidence that goes against some basic belief that we have, which is really based on nothing anyway other than we believe it. And then we get all, we get all frightened and we get all angry and we get all upset and we get all... But really, uh, if you want to be a true scientist, we talk about it as a spiritual scientist. You can run all kinds of experiments, and we, have, we actually have students doing this. We have them do an experiment, for example, of changing a relationship. And most of the work is done within themselves. And lo and behold, if those relationships don't change. Yeah. 
you know, it's when people want to look for love, you know, I want someone yeah. to define me, um, you know, no, if, if you want someone to love you, truly love you, then you must be your, the love yourself. You must have love of self because then someone will love you in that light, in that vibration. Definitely. You don't have somebody come along and top you up, you know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they can enhance that love. They can radiate yeah. that love, but you want of equal partner in love. So if you've got somebody that's disconnected or abusive, mm -hmm. it's because that is what you're being to yourself. So yes. you have to work exactly. on yourself first. Right. That is they're exactly just, our. They're just reflecting it to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. but exactly. But which of us is really taught to work that way? Uh, we're taught to uh, bring the law against them, and that'll that'll solve everything. Right. Exactly. Well, and. And what you're saying is so affirms what we teach in our experience that the more we can awaken to the love that we are and we reside in that, mm -hmm. we become a positive attractor field and people will be drawn to that. And, and if you have the attunement and discernment to, um, how can I say, uh, pay attention to what you're attracting to you mm -hmm. and not drop into uh, sort of the illusion of the romantic ideal, you have an opportunity to really create a heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul partnership. I remember when I was um, at a younger age, I kept having relationships that went on for about two years. That seemed to be my timeline. And I started to ask myself, what is there any common denominators in all of this that I could look for. And, the, and it came up very, very clear. Yes, yes, Ron, there is one denominator that's in all of those relationships, you. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, you know, yeah. And also, if, if, if things happen to us, you know, I'm not talking about a random act, but you know, if things happen to us, it's because somehow along the line we've sent out that vibrational um, invitation. You know, I love the thing in Star Wars when you know Yoda is uh, at this camp, and these are not the droids you're looking for. You know, um, you know, w w if we are at that vibration, you know, um, I'm not the woman you're going to abuse. I am not uh, the person that you can yeah. kick around. You know, if you put that vibration yeah. out there. Um, the leeches go after those with low vibration. They're not going to touch people with a high resonance. Yes. Yes. You know, I had uh, a very powerful experience working with a man quite a few years ago now where he had gone through a period in his life where he had been very, very drug addicted. And he said there was a progression. It's like first you're, uh, you're addicted, eventually you prey upon others and then you become the prey yeah. because of just the degradation that occurs through that process mm -hmm. and he had found the inner strength to uh, bring himself out of that pattern of addiction uh, but he still at that time had a great deal of judgment about it which he was able to let go of really through the process of compassionate self-forgiveness so people go through all kinds of learning experiences. Yeah. And self-forgiveness, you've really hit that one. It's, um, yeah. you know, again, going back to something else you said earlier, you know, we're, we're taught to, uh, to have so little value of ourselves, you know, to be unworthy. So therefore, we think we've done something wrong and the, there's something that has to be forgiven. You know, life is a series of ups and downs, of, of uh, do's and don'ts. And, you know, the thing is to learn from them, you know, get back up on your feet and continue forward with that knowledge. It isn't to persecute yourself or prosecute yourself Don't. or damn yourself because how productive is that this is why we work with compassionate self-forgiveness mm -hmm. most forgiveness uh, the idea is I'll forgive that person even though they did this terrible thing and we point out well see as long as you are judging that as a terrible thing then your forgiveness won't go to completion to take it to completion what you want to do is forgive yourself for issuing the judgment in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that wipes it clean. Yeah. And so, and so, so, so that's a We very don't know what, what drives people to doing what they do. Exactly. No, that's why we put We don't know what torment they're in. 
and so we yeah. cannot be the judge and jury. It, no. you know, it was um, whatever happened to us was wrong for us. But you know, it's as they say, God doesn't. They know not what they do, and it's their journey in life to take ownership for what they've done, and right. and forgive within themselves, and then ask forgiveness yeah. of of those that they've hurt. But yeah, we we cannot. There was a beautiful story I did of a gentleman who. Um, lost his pregnant wife and two children in a car accident where the young driver was a you know, drunk driver and yeah. uh, he was a pastor of a church and mm. everybody wanted him to you know tour and quarter the kids send him to hell pitchfork you name it and you know he took his year to grieve and then it was like how can i stand in the pulpit and ask people to forgive um to understand um yeah. and and pass judgment and he ended up befriending the young man and helping him move his life forward um, it's a kind of a courage that we hope all of us have within us. Um, yes. We don't want to be tested on that. <laughs> um, no. But it is a kind of courage we hope that we will have within us to do so. Because who is he to pass judgment? Everybody does something stupid. It's that the price that was paid was very high in this instance. Yes. yes. And once we understand that we, it's true that we receive according to what we give. Yeah. Uh, if you put out negativity, you will get it back. Well, and the, the story you just shared, Sarah, is so inspirational. And I think those examples are so helpful because they show people there is an alternative. Yes. Always an alternative. You know, sometimes yes. we need to step away from ourselves sometimes, don't we? We need to step away out of the situation completely because we can't see things when we're in the middle of the turmoil. Uh, we yes. can't hear that inner peace, that, that beautiful voice within us when everything about us is screaming and sometimes we just literally have to remove ourselves from everything find that peace find that quiet uh, yes. so that we can begin and to hear again and our work is largely about uh what shall i say um creating an inner sense where that voice that is screaming uh, simply would no longer be present yeah Exactly. It's, it doesn't have a platform anymore because yeah. you've yeah. learned to listen, you've learned to tune in. And we're not saying that people aren't going to have ups and downs, aren't going to have bad days, oh. but you're equipped with the right tools and with the right knowledge to, to know how to ride them. Yes, and that you become less identified with the voice of the ego and more aware and identified with your own soul essence. Yeah, which is beautiful. When we tap yeah. into our soul essence, it is the harmony, isn't it? It is. It is. A, and when we come in synchronicity, there's our symphony. Yes, exactly. That's when the orchestra plays. Yeah, beautiful. Well, would you please let people know how they can get hold of you, um, how they can find out more about the university, how they can buy the book? Yes. www.universityofsantamonica.edu is our website. They can learn more about our work, the programs in spiritual psychology. And uh, on the website, there's also information about how to buy the book, Remembering the Light Within, a course in soul-centered living. And Sarah, that book is really designed with 26 chapters so that if people want to, they can read them, uh, one week at a time and then apply the practice for a week or two and uh, use it as a practice for an entire year. I know I got an email just the other day from a gentleman who's a graduate and he said, Mary, I have read 20, 20 chapters so far, but now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing the practice, each practice for two weeks. And he says, I intend to do this for a full year. And uh, that is one way. And, of course, people will just open it up and read what they read yes. and get what they get, and maybe it will be just what they need in that moment. Yeah, I, I'm that kind of reader. Go to the book, What Do I Need to Know Today? And that chapter yes. or that thing will be exactly what I need to know today. So, uh, yes. Um, and it n n neither way is wrong, right? It's just a question no, of no. what you need to know at the time. Exactly. Another thing that people might be aware of is that uh, once a year, we do a weekend workshop called Loyalty to Your Soul. So it gives people an introduction to what spiritual psychology is all about, highly experiential. And, and 
people coming into that, they'll, they get pretty quick whether this is something that they can resonate with or not. And we'll be doing that in uh, August sometimes, so there's plenty of time to, uh, to register. And again, you're talking about people coming one, together, you know, it, it, sharing, sharing their light. Um, and, and it becomes, you know, again, so inviting and so inspiring. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, the USM classroom is a safe and sacred space and transformation, healing, awakening takes place there. And people, of course, have got to understand that it, it takes time. You know, for some people, as you said, yeah. they can absorb it very quickly. They're ready. Their souls are, are ready to absorb it. Um, you know, if you have been around as a human being for a while and not such a you know young soul, there's a lot that yeah. you have to, you have to you know kind of erase and reprogram in order to to embrace. And uh, there is no, again, right or wrong at the level no. that you immerse yourself. It's just that, you know, don't give up. Be true and um, no. be persistent. What we say is growth is a process, not mm. an event. Exactly. And for most of us, it, it involves our full engagement this lifetime and and with the knowledge that we've had other uh, lifetimes, and who knows, we may have more. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's, again, a lovely topic is, you know, past lifetimes and how they, how they guide us. Um, yes. Because, again, we, we have the ancestral DNA, but, you know, we have the, the DNA of all our lifetimes and that's in there. And uh, as I said, sometimes we carry memories uh, or we carry feelings around that just are so foreign to who we are and what our lifestyle is. And we don't understand yeah. why they're still there. And, you know, when we understand it, we can clear it uh, and release exactly. it back into its past lifetime. <laughs> it's, it's much easier to do that work if you have that information. Yes, absolutely. Mm hmm. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for sharing you know, your wonderful divine wisdom here today and, uh, you know, remembering the light within. It's just, yes, you know, people talk about the darkness and they talk about looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you are the light. Uh, shine yes. bright because the world needs you, right? We all need each other. We, we do, do, Sarah, and thank you so much. Just a lovely conversation with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you both very much, very, very much. So remember, folks, if you really want to find that connection to life, if you really want to feel in tuned, in purpose, um, in connection with your divine soul, you know, reach out. Let, um, let uh, Ron and Mary help you. Join the university. Um, even just start with the book. And start opening up and and listening and feeling because we need your light you need that light and this is what you're here for so until next time folks bye for now <laughs>